0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Soil Podcast, where the Word of God meets ears, minds, and hearts, and by His grace grows a great harvest. I'm Aaron Fezenmeyer, pastor of York Evangelical Free Church, right here at the crossroads of the Midwest, York, Nebraska. I am so grateful that you've joined me today. There are several letters in the New Testament that are not written to specific churches, but to the church at large. And there are some letters that may not be written to specific churches, but are written with a specific goal for a general experience, one that is true for the church across the ages. And that's what we're going to look at today. So welcome to the first letter of Peter. We've only encountered Peter thus far in what was written about him, and that is a treasure trove. We have a bold fisherman kind of guy, a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy, and that actually got him into a heap of trouble, who also spoke out of both sides of his mouth, one side that said he would never forsake Jesus and the other side saying, I don't know him. A guy who afterward was consumed with guilt over his betrayal of Christ, but was forgiven and reconciled and restored by Jesus a man who later became the leader of the apostles, and a man filled with the Holy Spirit who was a new man, so new that when it came for him to die, church tradition records that instead of denying his Lord a second time, he said he was unworthy to die the same way his Lord did, and so he was crucified upside down. So when you read this letter, and his second letter, what he has to say comes from who he is and who God has been for him and in him and through him. So why does he write this letter to the elect exiles of the dispersion? The letter could be summed up with 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, where he writes, Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. In other words, follow our example, Jesus Christ, and live holy lives in hope, though the world falls down around you. See, this letter was written during a massive rise of persecution of Christians. Life was not getting easier, but harder for God's people. Circumstance will not dictate the posture of a hopeful follower of Christ, however. Peter continually acknowledges believers' suffering in this letter, not for the sake of poking an open wound, but to use it and point to it as what it really is. It's the confirmation of hope in Christ. He goes on further, confirming that God's people, the church, are truly living stones being built up as a spiritual house upon the cornerstone, which is Christ, that stone of stumbling and that rock of offense who shall return, as chapter 5, verse 10 says, himself to restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Everything that Peter writes in this letter can be couched underneath two themes. First, glory. It might be said that this theme is the superstructure and motivation for this letter's main idea to pursue holy living in the midst of suffering. Suffering, righteous suffering that is, is about glorifying the Lord and his work. Creation, Jesus' crucifixion, which definitely included suffering. Glory is found in doing good by the power of the spirit of glory, as he says in chapter 4, verse 14. And the steadfast believer can expect to participate in the glory of God. So the glory of God in Christ should be that great tonal center of the life of the church. When it is... People flourish and God is worshiped, so Peter exhorts that. And the second theme, therefore, flows from this. We glorify God, and God displays his glory in us and through us when we are submitted to him. Now, this is not a popular idea in the 21st century, but it is the best posture for the church who transcends the centuries. Peter presents submission as a posture that believers should have towards those whom God has put in authority, such as government rulers, masters, husbands, and shepherds of God's church. And what is amazing is his command to have this posture even in the face of cruelty and suffering. And we should think to ourselves, why? Because a posture of submission is that which believers are to have to Christ, who himself As chapter 2, verse 23 said, entrusted himself to him who judges justly. If Christ has submitted himself, then we are to follow his example. We have a unique privilege as those who are given the spirit of glory in Christ. We can model Christ's glad submission to his Father to our unbelieving neighbors as far as we are able in Christ, in the relationships that Peter emphasized, those relationships where submission in the unbelieving world, as you know, is either altogether missing or is terribly distorted. So under those two themes, under the purpose of living a holy life and persevering with Jesus Christ as our example, I want to encourage you jump into this letter enjoy it savor it and entrust yourself to the savior whom we follow at the risk of spoiler let me close our time with 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 and this is such a good and hopefully encouraging passage humble yourselves he writes therefore under the mighty hand of god so at the that at the proper time he may exalt you The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. As we start this letter, let me pray for us as we receive God's word in the first letter of Peter. Heavenly Father, Thank you that you have sent your Son who entrusted himself to you as an example for us to follow. Please grant us understanding by your Holy Spirit to live holy lives in the midst of suffering and to be full of hope to see and participate in your glory. We pray these things in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Good Soil podcast. I'm enjoying reading the Bible with you. Let me encourage you to keep reading. His voice is worth hearing. Until I talk with you next, may God reap a great harvest in our midst as His Word grows in good soil.